Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of June 2013. I always suggest that newcomers to the broadcast make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. Lots of audios for free download. I take you through the system that you've been born into and how it got to be that way. Uh, who planned this system, in fact, including your whole reality. And, uh, and the future, of course, uh, long, long-term future into centuries uh, of the kind of society that those who'd already controlled it a hundred years ago wanted to bring in for the future to make sure their offspring still controlled it. And that's really what you're living through. Not hard to do when the richest men on the planet got together and formed the private organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations, Royal Institute of International Affairs, same organization, actually. And um, and they, they created foundations, big, massive foundations, some of which would deal with non-governmental organizations or or lobbying armies, you might say, to get different laws passed to alter drastically all their society altogether and culture and so on. And also uh, other foundations which deal with uh, bringing all other big international corporations, big businesses together on board on, on consensus uh, with uh, big agendas. And you see that happening all the time. So really you're in a, a new kind of government altogether where they call it governance and it's governance by international corporations all working together under a supreme head of course and they're all on board with the agenda we're post-democratic, post-consumer society, they write that about themselves even a club of Rome said that which works for them, of course, and the United Nations, which also was started up and owned by the Royal Institute of International Affairs to bring in the world society. And they make no bones about it. You're in a new kind of system. Your government really is there to rubber stamp laws that enable big corporations to take up more power of government and actually be government in a technical sense too, a very real sense. And they even put their own boys into top positions in countries as prime ministers and presidents across the world. Private organizations do this and have done for a hundred years. Uh, Carol Quigley's books are off the grid in that. He was a, the historian, the private historian for the, their own archives because these organizations have their own version of history since they claim themselves they've been, been behind all the la- history for the last 150 years, including wars. And they're very proud of it too. Because the end justifies the means. And they believe they have the right kind of end. They said that democracy is a good tool for getting the masses mobilized for causes they don't really understand. They think they do, but they're useful idiots, and, and they truly are. And that time's almost gone when the big corporations run the world and put everything a bit on computer. They run all the whole systems in the world. They know everything's going on. They have privatized, basically, the security services of the planet. They run them all. And this is a new type of governance. So help yourself to the website. Remember, too, you bring me to you. You can help me take along by getting the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com where I go through all the stuff and the art of chronology down through the ages up to the present time. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still uh, order using personal checks or international postal money orders. You can use PayPal or send cash across the world, Western Union MoneyGram, 
and PayPal. Straight donations are seriously welcome as we go through the, the quantitative easing, uh, quantitative easing they call it, so which is just uh, inflation and printing paper. Uh, and of course, devaluation of currencies. So help yourself to the websites. And um, remember too, you can also get transcripts as well as audios on the websites and get transcripts in other languages of the talks I've given if you go into alanwattsentient.sentinel.eu. But we truly are run uh, in a really scientific fashion. Uh, even the topics we're given are authorized to be out there, even the ones that you argue about or you say, oh, that's terrible, etc. But you understand with the mass of the people being pretty well ignorant and quite happy, um, nothing will happen. They're not organized to do anything. And the only things that ever worked in this world were organizations. This is to get organized. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. Uh, if you go into the think tank, there's so many think tanks that work for the big boys, of course, and are funded by the big foundations uh, to come up with ideas on how to con the public to get them to go along with big scams, you see. And the Club of Rome was given the, the task of finding a way to unite the planet uh, so that you could tax them and change the way of life uh, by some crisis or other, something out there, all that kind of stuff. And they searched around, and they said them themselves, and I've read the article so many times, but, but, to, but to paraphrase it really, they said that um, we finally came upon the idea uh, that uh, famine and, and drought and, and so on, in other words, climate change, would, would fit the bill. And uh, so, so that's what they settled on. Would be, and because once they stick on something, they never change it. They, they stick with it 100%, even if it's snow coming down when they have their meetings. And often that actually has happened and since then. But anyway, that was the idea, because they want Agenda 21 through to get most peasants into the, the big overcrowded cities for the next 30, 40 years to let them die off, and squalor, and, and various other things too. And... And at the same time, give corporations more uh, uh, land. See, the, uh, under the guise of carbon, carbon sinks. This is the biggest, uh, biggest con for centuries, actually, is, is, is the whole climate change thing. Now, they've been geoengineering for years and years and years openly in the sky. Lots of articles have come out on it, too. Uh, people have tested their own soils after rain here where I live. It was it tested out at high concentrations of aluminum oxide and barium and other things in the soil too. Toxic levels after rainfalls. Same thing happened, an article from uh, Nova Scotia last week. Same thing's happening there. And the government's turning around and blaming it on, well, it's really acid. It must be, it must be acid rain. Remember that went out with the, with the dinosaur acid rain that fell flat about 40 years ago, but they resurrected it because they're finding higher levels of aluminum in the, the water, and they're trying to say, well, this acid rain's affecting things in the river, and the conversion factor ends up being, being aluminum oxide. So it's the stuff that's pouring from the skies as part of the geoengineering projects has been going on steadily since 1998. Now, the big plans, of course, with the geoengineers, and many of the, many of the articles that's come out from their international meetings says, well, if we ever do it, if, because that's the con, is that if we ever do it, well, they've been doing it, then there'll be extreme weather events. Well, that will cause extreme weather events, and, um, of all kinds, and upsets, 
And of course they'll have to blame it on, on the public because that's everything gets blamed on the public. So as you can get, be taught to change the way you live into austerity and moving into the cities, etc., etc. Everything else must be unsustainable. And then the big boys, of course, come along and take up the, the country, which they've just got for nothing, and they call them carbon sinks. And then they take your tax money that's given to them as a reward for, 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 for having these carbon sinks, all this well, uh, well trees and all the rest of it. Con after con after con. Now they are creating massive climate change. Uh, they truly are because we've watched the, uh, the jet streams just stop basically. That's right in the, the weather warfare treaty of the United Nations. They can do that and they have been doing it. And they can cause standing waves when they use harp along with it, H-A-A-R-P. And, um, and so everything's still in the middle of this big vortex of swirling water around the top of you, which sucks water from near- nearby places. Outside of it, it's nice and sunny. Inside, it's just deluging. Well, that's what they've done to Calgary a couple of times in the past and Ontario, and they're doing it again now. And they've, they've flooded out to Calgary. There are even mandatory evacuations for a city, a city to be evacuated, folks. And Ontario has been any better. It's been raining solidly for three weeks. And these aren't normal rains. These are, these are monsoons. These come down straight down from the sky, massive drops until you can't see through them. They don't give up like a monsoon after half an hour. They go on for hours and hours and hours. And they flood the roads and everything else. My road is still flooded after this weekend. So anyway, I've hardly seen the sun until today. It's the first time in about three weeks or so. And they're doing it mightily. And of course they'll use everything. You know, the biggest thing you'll, you'll find in the Council on Foreign Relations is a, is a term they use. How can we use this disaster to our advantage? Well, they use these disasters which they bring on and they know they're bringing them on and, uh, for years. And they, this, they'll, they bring it on and then they blame the public. And then the public will say, well, well, help us, help us. Okay, it's going to cost you. We've got to catch, tax you on carbon, teach you to use less, etc. Because you're causing this problem, they tell you. And money is going to help, you see. So the big corporations are all in this big bandwagon of money getting thrown at them for nothing, actually, because they don't do anything with carbon at all. And uh, and then, of course, they end up having land grabs, massive land grabs, which they call carbon sinks. Then they can claim money from the government for doing so, get paid for ha- having land sit and do nothing. And uh, it's scam after scam. And meanwhile, as, as we give us a 10,000 uh, things in the media to, to argue over, uh, they're, they're, they're pushing through the carbon, all the carbon taxes and so on, on the QT, the quiet. And this article says, President Barack Obama is about to launch a new high-profile climate change initiative, according to a personally signed Sunday tweet from the White House's Twitter account. And then he says, we owe it to our children to do something about climate change. Maybe it's somebody's his own children and, and, and the ones who are up there who are going to be raking the cash and live awfully well as eradicate what's left of any middle class. But says the tweet included a link to a short video in which Obama touts the impending initiative, but the president offered no details on the plan's goals, costs, or spending. Now, they don't want to scare the living daylights out of you because they're going to fleece you to your back into the peasant era. It says, this Tuesday, he'll lay out his vision for where I believe we need to go. Now, he's a liar because, you see, they're all giving it to the G8 meeting. All the countries were given the same plan, and they all signed agreements. Now, the big one is to happen in November, so there's going to be a lot of, of geoengineering going on, but causing extreme climate change, to train the public that something terrible is happening, and so it'll be more believable that taxing them to death is going to solve it all. You know, it's, very, it's a simple strategy, very simple. So, so next November, all the big countries have to sign an international agreement, totally on board with it. 
The European Parliament just injected a lot of cash into the carbon plan where they give thousands of carbon credits out to big international corporations for free to get them all to, to raise the shares of carbon pricing. I mean, it's literally the king has no clothes. But um, once they start trading amongst themselves, they start making profits on that too. All of Mind you, the carbon tax is, paid, is passed all the way down on all products, right down to the, to, the, to the seller's level and to the buyer, and you at the bottom, the buyer, you pay for all. So everything you purchase, even food, will have this tax on it, folks, as, you, as you're squeezed and squeezed and squeezed. And again, they want you off the land, and they're using climate engineering to do it, and big time. You can tune in shortwave radio. And from the morning all through the night, up to, to the day and night, uh, they'll change frequencies, but it doesn't stop 24 hours a day. It hasn't stopped since 2001, by the way. With the, we call it the woodpecker tapping sound that comes out. It's very strong, very strong signal on shortwave. And that's getting added to the heavy rains from the geoengineering. So it's, uh, it's well-proven stuff that they're using. Lots of articles up there on it. Look them up for yourselves if you care to look. But remember, this is meant to train you into a new way of living, into austerity, high taxation for everything you, you purchase, and to move in eventually get pushed into the big overcrowded cities where they expect you to die off over the next 30, 40 years. Most will because they will not have children. You see, you've been trained not to have children. And, and most folk will go to school out very ignorant of this world, never knowing whatever happened. That's just what's, how it happens. So anyway, it's not Barack Obama's plan. It was planned by his betters who put him in office. And the same with all the prime ministers across the world, too. Also, this article here from even British Columbia says that the Ontario Premier, Premier and members of her cabinet received a letter this week from an unusual alliance of organizations urging the government to swiftly adopt a meaningful price on carbon-altering carbon pollution. Now, who are all of these unusual alliances of organizations that are behind it? Well, they're all NGOs funded by the foundations which are owned by the richest bankers on the planet, tax-free foundations. Uh, they, can, they can start up any army of them for any particular topic so quickly, give all the leaders a full pension plans, all the greatest perks and so on, and fly them across the world to, to lobby governments. And they call themselves uh, charitable organizations, quite something, eh? Anyway, they've got, this has got consensus amongst industry, trade unions, and environmental organizations on the need to act now to address climate change by establishing a price on carbon. It says it's now clear that industry does not agree with off-repeat claims that reducing carbon pollution will be a, a demerit to the economic activity. Of course it's going to be a demerit. Because I'll get to the point where folk can't afford to buy anything because of all the taxes on top of it. They've even got the, the Cement Association of Canada, one of the signatories of the letter, despite the fact they would be subjected to carbon price as cement production is a carbon-intensive process. Now, they'll do the same as BP has done, because British, British Petroleum have actually leased land, which they'll end up owning from uh, the Indians in Canada, and they call it a carbon sink, and they can actually claim money from the government. It's all con after con, folks. We're, we're run by cons. You think your government is yours. That's a great con. This is before being defunded by the Harper government, the National Roundtable on the Environment. See, roundtable groups all started with the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They still run them today, the private organization that's at the top of the tree here. On the environment, the economy concluded that a low-carbon economy is no longer a concept of the future, that a price on carbon is fundamental to achieving required efficiency gains and innovative drive to support low-carbon growth. 
Adopting a price on carbon for Ontario would send a clear signal that Ontario is serious about expanding its green economy. What is a green economy? Let's just talk about all the fungus that's developing everywhere because of all this pouring rain from geoengineering. It says, I'm creating the jobs associated with this development. What jobs? They don't produce anything. They get big grants given to them. They end up giving you nothing back in return. They go bankrupt. And we're all out of pocket again. So, again, it ties in with chronology. But I'll put this, all these articles up tonight on the cons that are going on on this, because this is too many. Uh, there's a, a meme pushed out among society right now about carbon taxes to get you ready for it happening, you see. And as I say, everything gets passed down to the consumer at the bottom. And it also says your electricity, electricity prices are going to skyrocket again when you pay all these extra energy and carbon taxes. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about many cons, but carbon cons is a meme right now because we're supposed to get the message, but most folk get it by osmosis, they don't actually remember things verbatim, they simply get it by, it sinks into them through repetition, and that's how it's done, very simple. But this one article says, Obama quietly raises the carbon prices, costs to climate increase, it says. Buried, in little, uh, buried inside a little notice rule in microwave ovens is a change in U.S. government's accounting for carbon emissions that could have wide-ranging implications for everything from power plants to the Keystone XL pipe. The increase of the so-called social cost of carbon to $38 a metric ton in 2015 from $23.80 adjust the calculation the government uses to weigh costs and benefits of proposed regulations. The fear is meant to approximate losses from global warming, such as flood damage and diminished crops. What a joke. With the, with the changed government actions that leads to cuts in emissions, anything from new mileage standards to clean energy loans will appear more valuable in its cost-benefit analysis. On the flip side, environmentalists urge that it be used to judge projects that could lead to more carbon pollution, such as the Trans-Canada Core, Keystone Pipeline, or coal mining by companies such as Peabody Energy Core. Now, remember, too, that the Rockefeller boys are funding the boys in Canada, all these NGOs, uh, to lobby against having these, uh, these uh, like the Tara Sands project, so actually made. So another, another country is really directing the downfall of, of things in Canada. But it says, as we learn that climate change is worse and worse, and well, of course it is with the spraying, geoengineering and so on, there's no direction that they could go but up. Laurie Johnson, Chief Economist for Climate at the Natural Resources Defence Council. Now, what is the Natural Resources Defence Council? Another group you see, army, uh, employed by the private, uh, not-for-profit uh, foundations owned by the big banking boys, Rockefeller, etc. and so on. And it says here, even supporters questioned the way the administration slipped the policy out without first opening it for public comment. Well, it doesn't surprise me because you never get public comment for anything. It doesn't make any difference. The change was buried in the afternoon announcement made 31st about efficiency standards for microwave ovens, a rule not seen as groundbreaking. So they put something innocuous in there, and of course folk ignore it but don't need the rest. It's a very strange way to make policy about something that's important. Frank Ackerman, who's an economist at Tufts University, who publishes a book about the economics of global warming, said in an interview, the Obama administration hasn't always leveled with us about what's happening behind closed doors. 
And it says it's a pretty important move to do this without any outside participation. It's bizarre. Not really, but you, you, you almost think you believe in a democracy existing. Said Jeff Holmstead, a lawyer at Bracewell and Giuliani. This is representing coal-dependent power producers and other industry groups. A legal challenge to the determination would be difficult, but could be tried by itself or in a challenge to a specific rulemaking that's, that uses the cost, he said. The administration first arrived at the calculation cost of carbon in 2010 using leading expert models, no computers, the same ones they use for predicting the weather and stuff, and updating it, applying to the same methods and assumptions. Uh, said uh, Office of Management and Budget spokesman Ari Isaacson Assels, it says that the economic report of the President marks that the administration would update estimates as new scientific and economic analysis become available. So it's all to get the prices of the carbon credits up for the big international corporations that gamble on them like a stock market. It is a new stock market, by the way. In addition, the Environmental Protection Agency is late on issuing rules to cap greenhouse gas emissions from new power plants, etc., etc., and then they go into fuel efficiency as well. For example, administration's vehicle fuel efficiency standards would cost industry $350 billion over the next 40 years. You won't be driving in 40 years, folks. Don't worry about it. Well, benefits in energy security, less congestion and lower pollution totaled $278 million, a billion dollars. So they're, they're giving you the prices on the, of them and how much they've, they've decided to, to raise the prices of carbon up. And as I say, you all have to, you all have to pay it. You'll all have to pay it. It's quite simple, folks. It's all going to be in your lap or out of your wallet. And also in the UK, to do with all of the monitoring of you and, and the management of you and the behavior modification of you, of course, uh, is smart metering uh, for the global grid, by the way. And it says the UK now introduces us obligatory smart grid metering via the back door. And it says that uh, new licensing conditions for suppliers means no backward step once the smart meters are installed. So if you get it installed, they're not going to take it out. Uh, conditions will prohibit suppliers from replacing smart meters with safer, more secure analog meters. In other words, ones that don't fry away microwave all the time when a customer has moved house. Government has now reneged on repeated commitments that smart meters would be voluntary. Well, they always lie to you. Why would you believe them in the first place? Customers may be left with no choice but to use provisions of existing gas and electricity acts to outmaneuver stealth restrictions on free choice. And so earlier last week, Edward Davies, Parliamentary Undersecretary Baroness Verma, made an announcement in the House of Lords that the UK's smart meter program would be delayed by at least one year. The announcement gained much attention and media exposure across the UK, but a crucial component of her announcement was seemingly omitted from all popular reports and, and commentary. That's because of the media is owned by the same boys who own the foundations. According to the recordings of the Baroness's statements in Hansard, which is the official report of proceedings in Parliament, she revealed a second major shift in government policy regarding smart meters, which went unnoticed as admissions uh, regarding delays overtook the glare media. A stunning and outrageous government, U-turn ministers have decided that from the end of this year, UK energy suppliers will be blocked from fulfilling customer wishes to replace a pre-existing smart meter with a more safe and secure analog alternative, the one that doesn't spy on you and give you brain cancer. This change will be enforced through modifications to supplier licensing conditions 14th July 2013. So after that, that date, you can't do anything about it. It's going to be there forever, basically. Back with more after this break. You're 
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. I'll put a whole bunch of articles up, actually up to do about uh, the climate con and the carbon taxes because, as I say, they've just had a big meeting, the G8 meeting, you talked about it, two they, they signed different agreements. The big signing for them all, for the big ones, that's going to affect us all, happens in November. So expect lots, a lot of data to get you ready for this as you all sit back and yawn or turn on TV and get lost in fantasy are already starting. And from Geoengineering Watch 2, I'll put an article up tonight to show you that geoengineering has been well documented and admitted to as well, quietly, and sometimes more overtly. But it says here, the debate over whether geoengineering programs are going on is now a moot point, but more than enough data to confirm it. We have actual footage showing tankers spraying. The materials showing up on the ground are exactly the same materials mentioned in the numerous geoengineering patents and documents, and even what they've mentioned at their meetings, all these top scientists. As the skies today are simply not normal. Upon examination, this cannot be denied. They're filled with nanoparticulates of heavy metals. That's what, that's, it goes back to the days of Teller, by the way, who said uh, in the 50s we could spray the skies um, with these objects for weather warfare. And we could also uh, use, use uh, ELF technology. It's pulsating electric air. Now it's called HARP technology. That's what they're using, uh, which further exacerbates the problem and causes it to be used like a weapon. They can flood an area if they want to. They can stop rain in other areas if they want to, depending on the frequency they use, the type of spray they use. So, And it ties in, actually, with the big marketing, the world market now. They've got a futures market up on food, you understand. And the big boys who are in, the big five agribusinesses to do with food, it treats, like all the big businesses do, uh, business as a, as a war. All business is total war to them. And they have all the information coming from the NSA and all the rest of the big things, just like Bloomberg boys and all the rest of them get. And they use that information to their financial advantage. Uh, so it all works together, as I say. And, if, and they, can, they can cause droughts. And then the five agribusinesses can import foods from other countries at steep, massive prices. It's all working the way it's supposed to work. Anyway, the skies today are filled with heavy metals and so on. And the skies have been filled with the grid patterns for so long that we're now used to them and don't see them anymore. Actually, very few folk could see them even when it was more overt when they first started. Because they never look up. So to be clear, what we are seeing is not cloud seeding to increase rainfall. These particulates are designed to block the sun and move the jet stream. That's another thing they say in the Weather Warfare Treaty, which was signed back in the 70s in the United Nations. They can stop the jet stream and cause nothing but flooding, flooding, flooding for weeks on end, which I've done here before. It says, the atmosphere is nothing but a mass of physics labs to geoengineering scientists who have no concern whatsoever about the consequences to humanity or any living thing, including themselves. Experiments are literally tearing the planet apart and destroying life on Earth. But by the way, it, t- it fits right in with uh, Agenda 21, because if you get too much flooding in certain areas and, and it's just on stop year after year, like it's been for the last five years here, uh, then uh, folk just move out. There's no point staying. And so they get their, their, what they want regardless. If they ask you to move, you wouldn't do it. So they make it happen, you see. Beautiful, quiet weapons for, for or silent weapons for quiet wars, isn't it? I'll put this article up anyway from, uh, as I say, Dewey Engineering Watch, and you can read it for yourselves. Now, 
many things are, are, are kind of sidelines today because we know the big boys have said in all their top agreements, world agreements, that the top, the top thing to, to alter all other intact societies is to use the same techniques that have been used in the West for an awful long time and in the family unit, etc., etc. And I've read the articles on the air from the mainstream press where uh, Obama, for one country and other countries too, uh, have said that the top diplomats must have at the top of the agenda, like Hillary Clinton was doing, uh, that uh, homophobia must be outlawed, etc., in all foreign countries which they deal with. And uh, this is at the top of the tree, folks. The top of the tree. So it's, it's a dead issue. It's done. It's a, it's a done deal and nothing's going to stop it. Because the, the general public, too, are so d- degraded themselves with this kind of rubbish they watch on TV. Uh, and uh, here there's even new series coming out, too, with the usual kind of stuff, kings and queens and all that nonsense, dramatizations of farce with lots of sex in it, too, to further degrade you. And that's how it's done. So you, you don't think it's really, it's not your children are getting uh, buggered, uh, so it's okay if someone else, are, you know, it happens somewhere else for you. Two and three child porn perverts are spared jail. So this, this is common now. There's outrageous a thousand pedophiles are caught with obscene material and are given community or suspended sentences. I said that this would do eventually there'd be no such thing as pedophilia. As, 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 they'll give it a new fancy, nice, nice fluffy sounding name. And it won't be a crime anymore. That's been on the books for a long time. And it says here that uh, two thirds of perverts caught downloading sickening child pornography escape a jail sentence. The figure was revealed last night. In a new soft justice outrage, 1,000 pedophiles caught in possession of obscene abuse videos and pictures were handed. Community sentences or suspended jail terms last year. Would you let them out in community service amongst your community? Revelation was greeted with fury by child abuse campaigners who were demanding tougher sentences to reflect the damage done to the children pictured in the horrific images. And it says, Peter Saunders, chief executive of the National Association for People Abused in Childhood, said, I think the sentence should be proportionate to the severity of the impact of the crime. I can't think of any crime worse than those that involve the abuse of the children. Therefore, to not put those people away is to put our children in danger because it sends the message that it's not a crime we take seriously. Well, it's not a crime that's taken seriously now, folks. The agenda is the agenda. And the, the same forces, the same actually legal forces, so certain ones that stand up supposedly for certain rights are actually uh, just combinations of law firms are the ones behind it pushing all this stuff. Same ones, same people. So that's the agenda. It's, it's going to come through regardless. Also, uh, this is called data collecting concerns. It's... um. Australia is still part of the British Commonwealth system, where, whether, you know, most, most of them know that, of course. Uh, they don't have independence as such. China's Canada is still, it used to be called the Dominion of Canada up until Trudeau. And, um, then the four went back to sleep, still thinking they were, they were more independent after Trudeau. But anyway, it says here that, that um, the Ministry of Data Collection, and every country has the Ministry of Statistics, and they go around, now, now that you're a little peon, you're, you're a little serf nowadays, you see, and you've gradually given up right after right after right quietly. You, you know, you consent to it with your silence when you hear things coming out. That's a legality. And they're sending people out to run the doors in Australia, and they demand to know about you, uh, your sex life, uh, your partner's sex life, uh, were, the, were the partners active sexually before they met you, all this kind of stuff. Uh, hundreds of hours of questioning. 
and they'll do it for, they pick people and they'll do it for a seven month, seven months to keep coming back to you for more and more data. And I'll put this little uh, YouTube article up tonight for those that want to see how bad it is. And of course, there are no organizations to stand up for the unwashed masses because they're never told to get organized, you see. They're never told to be organized. There's no point bitching to each other or listening to bad news every day unless you start organizations up to, to, and go into combat. And if you do that, you better make sure that you will be infiltrated. So you have to have a mandate and anyone who tries to bend it in the slightest way, out right away. That's how you got to do. Got to do it really. Or they'll take them over. You'll take over your organization. Before you know it, they'll displace all the members at the top, and they're off in a different direction, using this newly formed group for their own purposes. Old trick. The communists used that all the time. And the communists were a cover for something else, by the way. But uh, I'll, say I'll put these, these links up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com tonight. And as I've mentioned before, there's other articles to do with the carbon emissions uh, and the auctions that they're doing with them and so on. And how the governments are pumping big, big money into the carbon pricing up. So as these guys will start bidding amongst themselves with this new market. Now, this came out initially from, from uh, Lord Rothschild in England, who was the guy who came out with, at, with Maurice Strong back in the 80s to push this whole carbon nonsense. That's who came out to push it. First, it was, it was his think tank the, the, at the Club of Rome who came up with the idea of finding a good con. And then he came forward with Maurice Strong in the 80s to to start a carbon market, which he said would go through. The world carbon market will go through his per- family's personal bank in Switzerland. That's an awful lot of money going through there. Imagine the interest that accumulates in a, a day or two. And there was no public uh, input into it whatsoever. It never is, of course. Never is. Now, in April, by the way, I, I, was, I was quite amazed. I, I, th- I thought, you know, I knew it was going to be a rotten, stinking summer with geoengineering galore. I watched them spraying the, the, the blazes over my skies day after day after day. And, I, and then I read their article in April to do with uh, the coming famine. They're going to create a famine, you see. When they, when they wash out your farm belts, they create massive farm, uh, you know, and it's a great opportunity. What does Rothschild say when he was asked, when did you make your money? What's the best time you make money? He says, when the, when the streets are, 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 and, and the gutters are flowing with blood, he says, that's when you, in other words, a crisis is when you do it. You, see, you create the crisis. And so potato prices went up 213%, says, compared with April 2012. Agricultural output prices were up 11.6% in the year to April. Agricultural output prices were up 11.6% in the year to April. Potato prices were more than 230% higher in April compared to the same time last year, according to the figures from Central Statistics Office. Cereal prices have risen by over 30% in the same period, according to the CSO's latest agricultural price index, while vegetables prices rose by 1.6%. They're way up beyond that 1.6% now. The price of animal products like milk, eggs and wool has, was up slightly and so on. But this article is just a little article to show you that things are going up. And, and so the geoengineering selectively placed over certain areas is, is a great massive profit for those big agribusinesses who are waiting to bring it in from the countries they've already taken over big time and really gouging you for it. You take food for granted, folks. You take your water for granted. And these sharks have gone after it all. Total warfare. Total, total warfare. 
Also an article from the Washington Times, it says, if you will imagine the 2014 election, if a charismatic conservative woman, say another Sarah Palin, is running for the Senate seat of a Democrat, Lion Long in Long and Fang, Fang, it says, the Republican is a darling of the Tea Party base, which also tends to be pro-life. She's leagues ahead of the Democrat incumbent. Her, her, her rallies are electric, her speech is inspiring, but scant weeks before the election, screaming headlines announced unthinkable, such as... This is imagine, right? The popular conservative had an abortion as a 20-year-old something. Her disillusioned pro-life base stays home and she loses big. Says somehow her health records were leaked into the press. By whom? In a few short months, the Internal Revenue Service will be in charge of enforcing 50 new provisions of Obamacare. The same guys are blackmailing people across the planet, the IRS. Says the same IRS that now revealed is a wholly owned subsidiary of President Obama's governing principle, the Chicago Way, for those who get what you're saying. As enforcers, the IRS will have full electronic access to the medical records of every single American. Now, these, it's like, it's like your, your central banks are privately owned. And so is the IRS, by the way. Your government pharmacies out to privately owned corporations. Why do they do that? Well, they, they do it, you see, so that they, they so that they, they they will not sue. No one will sue the IRS, this privately owned uh, organization. You don't get anywhere with it. The government will step in and say, well, we can't do it. It's really, really privately owned. I says, mull that over for a minute. Think about the huge demands the IRS has already done to Obama's conservative opponents with outrageously lawless tactics such as delaying tax-exempt non-profit status for years, intimidating them with threats of perjury, illegally demanding donor lists and making those lists to liberal media are just a few. These prosecutions undoubtedly muzzle the Tea Party's group's power and outreach. Many of these groups focus on get-out-the-vote campaigns, and Obama's camp's successful stifling of those efforts may well have influenced the 5 million Republicans who stayed home in 2012. By robbing the opposition of its megaphone, the IRS doubles, uh, doubtless helped win the election for Mr. Obama. It's actually the IRS medical record seizures already underway. Recently, recently news broke that the agency illegally stole 60 million confidential client medical records of a California healthcare provider. Though this happened way back in 2011, it came to light now because the healthcare company is suing the IRS. Good luck. And that's what he says here. Good luck with that. The Republicans on the House Energy and Commerce, um, Committee are looking into it and have sent the usual strongly worded letter to the IRS commissioner. Good luck with that too. IRS agents had a search warrant to look into the financial, not the medical records of one former company employee. From there, they creatively expanded their probe into the medical records of 10 million Americans, information on gynecological and psychological counseling, sexual and drug treatment and more. According to the lawsuit, the records belong to the celebrities, sports personalities and CEOs and even the intimate medical records of every state judge in California, the leading members of the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild and prominent citizens in the world of entertainment, business and government. What a juicy trove, it says. This sensitive information could be used to induce an influential Republican filmmaker. It says, yes, there are a few to endorse Democratic candidates under threat of releasing confidential drug treatment records or to blackmail judges who may have medical embarrassments such as a sexually transmitted disease or HIV to hide or some independent Hollywood big shot could be motivated to contribute millions to Democrat war chests to avoid disclosure of treatment for a serious mental condition. 
It all sounds like a best-selling political thriller plot until we harken back to Mr. Obama's favorite method of winning elections. It's called creative leakage. Mr. Obama earned his political chops on the way to the Oval Office as a beneficiary of unsavory details of opponents' personal lives that turned elections his way. You know, remember, too, he, he, Ram Emanuel and all these, this, this, the mob, Chicago mob, you know, with ties abroad, you might say. Shortly before the 2004 Democratic primary for the U.S. Senate, Mr. Obama was losing in the polls against rival, rival Blair Hill until a Chicago Tribune story, or story that Mr. Hill's wife had sought a protective order during their 1998 divorce. The resulting fear led Mr. Hull to reluctantly release the sealed records. Not coincidentally, Obama campaign guru David Axelrod had important contacts at the Tribune, where he had been a political writer for eight years. Mr. Hull went down to defeat, and Mr. Obama became the nominee. Gangsterism, folks, moved in big time to the U.S., going back to the 1880s uh, from outside. And it still runs the country today, from top to bottom. Anyway, this is where you're going into, and um, you've got, and this article was on about sex clubs and all the rest of it, and different people popping in to see the sex clubs, etc., and, uh, and and how they're blackmailing people, and that's, that is the way it's done. That's just the way it's done, folks. Yeah. And Britain, Osborne, this Osborne that, uh, again, is, never mind, I can go into who he is, weighs Lloyd's sale, Lloyd's London sale as the, as the Royal Bank of Scotland breakup is examined. Now, the Royal Bank of Scotland is not Scottish at all. Anyway, it says, everything is deceptive, isn't it? The Chancellor of the Exchequer, they got the name Chancellor of the Exchequer, remember, when the Knights Templars ran it, which they still do, by the way, uh, because they had a chessboard outside in an H shape, and that's how they moved their, their, their outstanding loans and, and their credits around the board. That's how they worked it out. We still call that today Chancellor of the Exchequer. Quite something, eh? I mean, you think you call this progress? Oh, they're better gangsters than they used to be. Back with more after this. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about uh, the, the Chancellor of the H Checker, as they call it, just like a checkerboard, and how they're going to start uh, unloading uh, all the government shares, and, uh, which they always do. They, they, when these big boys get into trouble, they, they nationalise part of their, their company. In other words, they pay off all their debts through the taxpayers, and once it's pretty well done, they, they then hand it back over to the guys who own them privately. But it says that... Um, Lloyd's Chief Executive Officer Antonio Horta Osorio last month said that the lender would post a full-year profit in 2013. And it says RBS, Royal Bank of Scotland, which is 81% state-owned by London, actually, is weighed down by too many poor assets. The Edinburgh-based lender received £45.5 billion bailout. Not bad, eh? £45.5 billion bailout for the private company. The costless in banking history during the global financial crisis, RBS shares remain below the level at which taxpayers break even. Of course so. The taxpayers get screwed every way, even if they bail them out. Investors demand 122.2 basis points of extra yield to hold RBS's $2 billion of 2.55% notes due September 2015. 
So they have to get, pump more, more money into it to make it viable for the private sales again to the guys who got into trouble in the first place. Not bad. It's not bad living in gangsterism, isn't it? It's quite transparent what's really happening. Israel, of course, has always just kept mum on having all these warheads. But from their own newspaper, it says, Israeli warriors, uh, warheads are a threat to its own security. The Knesset holds the first ever anti-nuclear parley with several MKs, uh, speaking out against weapons. Uh, and it says they need to find alternatives. It says Israel should agree to, to nuclear disarmament for its own sake. International physicians for the pre- pre- prevention of nuclear war co-president Dr. Ira Helfan told the Knesset and Israeli de- disarmament movement's first ever conference in the legislature. And it says... The current political reality looks like an attempt to hit a wall when it comes to nuclear war. It says it's essential to understand that the use of nuclear weapons will have terrible results for those using them, and not only their targets. The, the conclusion is that it's necessary to urgently find alternatives like promoting disarmament in the entire Middle East. Well, the U.S. is doing that, using the military to disarm them all. So they have to worry about that. And also, a new book finds that many U.S. foods are... Foods are banned overseas because there's so much cancer chemicals in them. And uh, mind you, most of what you eat now is just you're eating a lot of junk. Which is what the, the, big, the, big, the chemical companies used to pay big money to have all their waste products disposed of, these toxic stuff. Now they put it in your toothpaste and in your food and everything else. And, and, uh, and you've been eating it for, for years. And this article gives you a good breakdown on, on what's in different things and so on and so on. Things made from petroleum, uh, petroleum byproducts and so on, uh, etc. are in the food. And it says here that um, the talk about fat substitutes are also putting it to like a lestra, a low-fat potato chips and so on and so on. And it says, uh, well, all these things are really, really bad for you too. And it tells you why they're bad for you, etc., etc. But I mean, we're conned left, right, and centre. Don't eat that; it's bad for you. Eat this instead. Science is better. We're proven it's good for you. This is the con, over and over and over again. And and the folk believe it. As long as an expert tells them on some important TV talk show, like some, isn't it? Oh, poor's P.T. Barnum. Emma from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, we were getting flooding, of course, and lots of spraying in the skies like you wouldn't believe. It's good night to meet your God, or your God's school with you.